0: Another very important step in embracing this as a lifestyle is having people who understand and that are not going to just reinforce those old beliefs.
1: Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy
2: Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy.
1: Welcome to episode 242. Take two. (laughs) We're Finn and Emma.
2: Finn's fault this time. (laughs)
1: Yes. (sighs) At least you took credit for that.
2: Credit. (laughs) Taking credit, not blame, credit.
1: I chose my words (laughs) carefully. Today, we have an amazing interview with Serena, who is actually just on the beginning steps in the beginning phase of starting the process of exploring non-monogamy.
2: Yeah, she and her husband are recently married, and she'll she'll talk a little bit more about that. But they're sort of in this monogamish period where they're trying to build security and figure out what it's going to look like. And it's a really exciting time, and it's a really great conversation about sort of that that early opening feeling. And we love this conversation. So thank you, Serena, for coming on and sharing your story with us and for being here.
1: Yes. And we also wanted to add that she is a sex and relationship coach with Sex and Love Co. Links are in the show notes to find her work.
2: And all of the other resources that she talks about in this episode, photos of her and links to her Instagram. Yes. Wait, Wait. Emma, I, you're about to jump into something. Uh-huh. There is a quick programming note about the audio quality here. Go for it. The audio quality is fantastic. And there's a bit of serenity in the background. The, Some birds. The birds were chirping and we just, we didn't do anything about it. No, it, I think it's, it's nice. It's awesome. So we're sorry <laughs> if you're driving and it lulls you to sleep. It is not Serena's fault or my fault for being boring. It is the birds' fault. <laughs> <laughs> the birds take credit, not fault. Credit.
1: Right. Change it to credit instead of blame.
2: Credit the birds. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway, I know most people skip through this announcement piece, or you may skip this announcement piece. Before you do that, don't do that quite yet. We have an exciting, another exciting announcement that a we new want. announcement. We want to make sure you hear.
2: Yes. The announcement is, drum roll, Emma. Nailed it. <laughs> I, n- <laughs>
1: I don't have a good drum. <laughs>
2: that's not a euphemism (laughs) so we have we have we've decided to make t-shirts and they're going to be available starting july 1st that's this friday if you are part of either our patreon community or our mailing list they'll be available on july 1st and then they're going to be available to everybody starting next wednesday so a week from today they're going to be launched officially for the whole wide world to see we're super excited about them we think the design came out amazing uh, Emma and I have ours already.
1: Yes, and we can't wait to get them out there. And also, just a quick note: we have our logo on these shirts, not the name of the podcast. Now don't give away all the deeps. This is not the deeps. This is this is just a little programming note, I guess. So if you're, I want you to make sure people know that. Hey, go check out the design because I don't want them to just automatically write it off because they want to have a shirt that says "normalizing non-monogamy." It doesn't say that.
2: Okay, we got it. Yeah. <laughs> points made very clear.
1: I just want people to go check them out.
2: So if you want to be one of the first to see the design a either join our Patreon or number two, sign up for our mailing list and you will get the photos of us wearing these shirts on Friday. And then you can order them and they're going to be available to order for three weeks. And then after three weeks, it's going to close down And who knows when we'll bring another shirt back. So it's a limited time offer, and we're really, really excited about them.
1: Go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. There you can sign up for Patreon or sign up for our mailing list so you'll be the first to know and go purchase these.
2: Yes. Real quick note on Patreon uh we did an episode last week on another podcast we got a thing yes that was episode 98 with them and we talked all about community and how we've built our community how they've built theirs ways that our communities are similar we've shared some ideas on how to make both of our communities better and more inclusive and it was just a really really great conversation so we would love it for you to go over to their podcast. And there are uh, links again in the show notes for this episode. Um, check that out, episode 98. We talked to them for a good hour or so. Of about the We got a Thing podcast. Of the We got a Thing podcast with Mr. and Mrs. Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, So yeah, a fantastic conversation. And that's about all the biggest plug we'll do for the Patreon community. We'll just say, we'd love to have you join us. It's a couple of bucks a month. There are links on the website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. You click on the Patreon tab, And there you can learn all of the things. We've got a men's group, a women's group, ongoing chat, monthly Q&As, and just lots of fun. Plus, early access to the (laughs) t-shirts.
1: You want early access to the t-shirts. You
2: want early access to the t-shirts. Because
1: you're going to want a t-shirt.
2: You need a t shirt. All right. I think we've convinced them about the shirts. What else?
1: Also, a couple of quick updates on upcoming events on our end. So, we will not have a virtual meet and greet in July. However, we will be back in August. So, stay tuned and we will be announcing that date very soon. And we'd love to have you join us for a virtual meet and greet.
2: Yes. We also have some sad news. Emma, drum roll for the sad news. That was a better drum roll. I,
1: I'm it was a happy
2: it. drum roll for sad news. Yeah, I'm working on it. The sad news is we had to cancel some events.
1: Yes. We are canceling our New Orleans events for September. Unfortunately, we are not going to be able to do those because, as we said last week, we're moving to San Francisco and I'm going back to school. And so we decided that trying to do these New Orleans events in September was a little bit too much for us at the moment. We hope to do them again in the future, and we're really sorry that we have to cancel them for right now.
2: Yes. So we will see you in San Francisco, though. You're always welcome to come out there. We'll be doing all sorts of wild and crazy things, and we hope to have you.
1: And we hope to travel again in the future and do more events everywhere, but right now it just doesn't make sense.
2: Absolutely. So with that, we can jump into the episode. Just one more quick thing. If you would like to reach out to us, give us some feedback on the show. Maybe you want to come on the show and share your story. Uh, We would love to have that. You don't need to be a sex and relationship coach or another podcaster or anything other than an awesome human exploring non-monogamy, or even thinking about it. So reach out to us, head over to our website, click on the contact us tab, send us an email, send us a voicemail. We would love to hear from you. And with that, we should jump in and talk to Serena. Let's go. Welcome to the show, Serena. We're glad you're here. Thank you for joining us this morning and for being patient with us. We're not going on very much sleep, but we, we feel good about it. Mm-hmm. So thank you for being here. Welcome.
0: Mm, good morning. And thank you for hey. having me.
2: Yeah, of course. Well, do you mind introducing yourself for us and for the listeners? And then we'll jump in and see where we go.
0: Awesome. Hello, listeners. Thank you for being here wherever you are in the world. I appreciate you. And my name is Serena Rose. I am a sex and relationships Coach with Sex and Love Co, and I specialize in helping couples embrace themselves, communication, uh, their authenticity, and their kinks in a way that feels really, really good. Um, I've been coaching for about four or five years now, and I'm a newlywed and as you might imagine, uh, non-monogamy is something that is new to us as well. And I'm sure that we'll be diving into that. Um, but it's a fun dynamic to be a coach in this world and to also be playing in this world at the same time. So I wanted to share both of those pieces. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. And just like starting to go down that journey. That's, 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 really exciting. And we're, we're um, ready to kind of dig into, to that all. So
2: well, congratulations on getting married.
1: I was just going to say that too. Uh, That's really exciting.
0: Yeah. 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 It's been a little over a year now.
2: Awesome. Well, and it sounds like you are at the beginning of the non-monogamy journey and the beginning of the marriage journey. How did the, how did the non-monogamy come up and maybe where did you first sort of, get exposed to that yourself?
0: So this is a conversation that we had obviously before getting married. <laughs> um, smart choice. You, you, say obviously. I don't, you, you know, a yeah. lot of people
1: don't necessarily do that. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. That is true. So I acknowledge those people. And for me, it was something that was really important to conversate about prior to getting married. So I knew that I Wanted that in my life very much, and I don't even really know how I got here, to be honest, and how where this desire comes from. I have a history of being monogamous only, and then I took a number of years off from dating and engaging sexually with others. I think there was a a three to four year time frame. Um, I only had sex with two people during that time, which I'm a Scorpio and we're very sexual beings. And so it was uh, a challenge and a change and so beautiful for me to have that experience. And when I started to date again, I just organically attracted people that were poly and that were in relationships or not in relationships and just dove into exploring that world and these concepts and these philosophies. And so I just learned through experiencing humans <laughs> that this was what I wanted and desired. And so when I focused on calling in my partner and uh, you know who I want to spend my life with, my life partner, my primary, it was something that was important to me. And he had an opposite journey to me. He's pretty much only been Polly for the majority of his dating career and has been married previously. And before he met me, he said he was never going to get married again. And here we are now. Um, but our life paths have been different, leading to this now joined path. And so that in and of itself can sometimes, uh, create tensions and misunderstandings. And it's, it is a journey that I'm excited to be on nonetheless. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. How long have you two been together? We have been together two and a half years now, two and a half years. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, and the first time, You came out of, you sort of came out of, I don't know, the hibernation is the word that's coming to mind, but I don't know that it was an actual hibernation, but you you kind of got back out into the dating world, and you said you were attracting a lot of different people in poly relationships. What was sort of your, like, where did you land on it the first time you, you met somebody and they were like, hey, I'm interested in you, and here's my relationship dynamic, and it was something completely new to you, like, where where did you go with that? Like personally?
0: Mm. Um, well, I guess for clarity, do you mean like in my brain space, like what was I thinking or like, how sure. did I handle it? Or
2: <laughs> Yeah. Maybe all of the above. That's a great, great point to clarify. Yeah. I think like the first time you read, cause I know we hear a lot of people are like, well, I put it on my dating profile and then, you know, I just get ghosted by people left and right mm-hmm. because they can't handle that. But like, It sounds like, and I don't know that you found people on dating profiles, but when you first met somebody who said polyamory is a thing, you didn't run the other direction. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, it was on dating profiles. So your intuition was dead on there. And I am a, generally speaking, a pretty open person. And I do my best. I know we're human, but I do my best not to judge other people. And I'm genuinely curious about life and trying new things. I like the term. I'm a, a sex explorer. So I, I like, I get turned on by trying new things and having new experiences. And so maybe it might have started just simply as a curiosity to explore. And I know that that is and can be a foundation, foundational reason to practice ethical non-monogamy is the adventure, the exploration, the new experiences. And so that's probably one of the founding staples for myself as a, as a human and on this journey. And I didn't run the other direction because I got really lucky. The person that I, I first encountered on this dating app was an excellent communicator. Oh. And that is also vital for <laughs> this relationship style or these relationship styles. And so I connected so much with him on an emotional and mental level and could communicate about my fears and what was coming up for me and he was able to hear me and to hold me and to communicate about it with me in a way that felt safe. And so there was no reason for me to run the other direction. Yeah. yeah. Wow. What a like
1: amazing experience to have, right? When you come back and start dating again and just I'd imagine like, did it help you solidify, I guess in your brain space as he said (laughs) a minute ago, like the, the, that was a relationship dynamic that you eventually wanted to pursue.
0: Yes. He has a primary partner, however, and that is something that I desire. And so I dated him for a while, a few months, but I knew that I I didn't want it to be long-term because I didn't want to be 2nd
2: Yeah. Well, what was that experience like for, for the first time, right? You're, you're dating somebody new and you've got the, the NRE like rushing through you. And I imagine probably he did as well, but you, like you said, you're sort of falling into that sort of second position. And, and I think it's interesting to maybe just note that like not everybody practices that hierarchical, right? You could have fallen into any dynamic, but that's an interesting one to fall into. And like, what did that? Yeah. What was that experience like for those couple of months?
0: Mm. You know, if it was any other human other than him, I imagine that I would have experienced a lot more jealousy and insecurities, but because we were able to, like I said, communicate about everything that was coming up for me, I didn't experience that as much. Um, It genuinely was just I already knew going into it that it wasn't going to be long-term because I desire a life partner. I desire that (laughs) safety and all that comes with um, having a primary. And so I didn't experience a whole lot of jealousy or insecurities just because of who he was and, and how he showed up. But I know that that would be a very common experience to have in that situation and she lived in another state also, and so I, I never met her, but we wanted to meet, and we talked on the phone and everything, but I, I didn't actually meet her in person. Um, and that yeah. could have influenced how I felt and the dynamics at play and things, too, but sure. it, it didn't work out that way.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and so coming out of, of that couple-month relationship, where did, where did the journey take you?
0: I loved dating. And a lot of people, when you talk to them, uh, especially singles, especially people who practice monogamy, they hate dating. (laughs) <laughs> like this sucks. <laughs> I hate this. People suck. <laughs> like fuck men,
1: Cause fuck it can women,
0: be, fuck everything. Right?
1: Because like, it can be a slog. It can be like you know, a, take a lot of energy, and and also you experience rejection, and like there's there's a lot of emotion in there that I can understand. You know mm-hmm. why it's it's challenging for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I've been in that space before, and it was mm-hmm. for myself coming from a place of really needing at the time, external validation and reaching out to others to fill something within myself that I wasn't already fulfilling for myself. And so I learned to love dating next and dated multiple people at a time. And that's not something that I did previously because I was only monogamous and I was a self-proclaimed, uh, relationship jumper. So I would jump from relationship to relationship to relationship. And I had a high school sweetheart that lasted five years. And that's a really long time for a really young age. And, so I wanted to experience people and date multiple people at a time. And I learned to really love myself and to really love dating and have fun. And so that's really where I went for a, a long time. And then I started exploring, you know, deepening my my friendships and going to events and building my community to support my desires and the life that I wanted. And at one of those events is where I met my now husband. Um, and he was dating someone else at the time when we met too. So it's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, but that was, that was the journey.
2: Did, did you consider like when you're sort of in that, like love, loving dating and dating multiple people, did you, did you, at that point did you consider yourself polyamorous or was that were you sort of still like well this is just casual dating this doesn't really count because i think this is one that like it's interesting when you talk to people who are quote-unquote monogamous and they're like well i'm you know i'm dating this girl and this girl and this girl or these people and you're like well that sounds a lot like well no 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 because you know we're just you know just dating around and i'm just kind of curious like where you come down at. and i don't know that there's an, a right answer i think it's just perspective for everyone, but I'm I'm curious.
0: Yeah. I love that you spoke to this and are asking this because I agree with you and it is just perspective, personal preference, how someone identifies what feels good for them. And so, um, for me, I like the word curious. I do like tag curious on everything I'm by curious <laughs> poly curious and so that's my where I feel safe identifying and, and letting people see me as that if I just have that little mm, curious <laughs> so I identified as poly curious
2: yeah mm-hmm. that makes sense
1: yeah yeah like and like just trying to start that journey and seeing seeing where it goes I think curiosity itself is such a I don't know. It's a, if you just get curious about whatever it is, get curious about someone else's feelings too. The way you can approach it is, can really change that whole mindset. So, you know, as you, as you explore your curiosity in life and, and go down that journey, I think it's so important to just Uh, it's an important piece of a relationship to remain curious, to remain curious about yourself, about other people. And I would love to know how that, um, you know, journey with your current partner started. Where did that relationship start and and how did you end up where you're at now?
0: Yeah. Our start was very interesting because as I said, he was dating somebody else and, I had just decided I'm I'm vegan and I've been vegan for a very long time, vegetarian since I was twelve, and it's a very big part of my life, and it's my morals and my values. Similar to you know, monogamy it's like it's just a part of me. Non monogamy mm-hmm. is a part of me, and so I had just decided right before meeting him that I wanted my life partner to be vegan as well, and. Mm-hmm. I met him at, like, a vegan potluck community event, and he had this aura and this energy. Like I said, I I wasn't really having sex with people, and he was just oozing so much energy that I wanted to lick up. (laughs) It was palpable. Um, That's not yeah. very
2: vegan of you. <laughs> no. Can you, wait, are you allowed to lick up other humans? Is that <laughs> part of the vegan code?
0: <laughs> I hope so, because I have. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we when we met, the moment was so distinct because it was a group of people. And I walked in and it was literally like out of a movie, like the sea of people parted and him and the people he was with and me and the people I were with just started walking towards each other. Like we knew that we were there to meet each other and we all started talking and I was enthralled by, by him, but honored and respected the relationship. Obviously that was before me. And my takeaways were, Oh, vegan men that fit all of the things that are on my standard list exist. And I just (laughs) met one of them. So I must be getting closer to the things that I want. And so I was so happy to meet him and experience him and to experience his girlfriend at the time as well. They had a open relationship or poly relationship and she was dating somebody else. And I think he was playing with somebody else, but not dating somebody else. And so his girlfriend ended up breaking up with him like a month later. And we, all of us stayed in contact on social media. And like, he came to one of my yoga classes and um, invited me to some events. And he told me his girlfriend broke up with him And then he asked me out on a date a few weeks later, and this is right when COVID was just starting to, to happen. Um, so he, then we got pretty serious pretty quickly, just so many, the stars aligned, so many things worked and we were able to communicate and hold each other. And I have experienced things in him that I didn't even know that I wanted in a life partner until now they're here. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Wow. This is, I didn't even know that this was possible. Holy shit. Um, so he told me that he wanted to break the things off with the woman that he was playing with. And so I supported him in that conversation and gathering his thoughts and how to approach it. And, and he broke it off with her dove all in with me. We did the COVID thing together, just experienced (laughs) it all. And, uh, you know, Talk about the beginning of a relationship, like jump right Mm -hmm. into that. (laughs) Yeah. I think that experience collectively either made or broke a lot of couples Yeah, partnerships. So it, it made us, (laughs) which was great. We were able to dive in super deep with one another. And we wouldn't have had that opportunity. Otherwise,
1: so right, right. And I want to touch on that. But I want to back up just for a minute. When he broke up up with or broke off the uh, dynamic he had with the other person, the other woman. When you met him, that was already established. How did how did you feel about that, re- that relationship, even if it was really casual, going into dating him?
0: Um, I didn't know that it existed. He was not upfront with me about that until he was. Uh, mm-hmm. So I had already started to have feelings for him. And he, in one conversation, kind of let me know that it existed and that he wanted to end it um, all at the same time.
2: But just to clarify at this point where you he wasn't like dating you and dating her and not telling you it was, you were still in those like leading up to dating conversations.
0: Yes. And when he started dating with me, he didn't engage with her again, sexually.
2: Got it. Got it. So you kind of started in a monogamous place, even though there were some other like people floating around the orbit like leading up to that point like when it when it became quote unquote official you were quote unquote monogamous ish <laughs> monogamish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely
0: and I would say yeah. even s- still we're monogamish, more mm-hmm. monogamish than practicing ethical non-monogamy because we are establishing foundations that I believe are necessary to have a sustainable marriage and long-term partnership, um, in this lifestyle.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's a, that's a common thing we hear from many people that they like, you know, they're like, you know, we, even if they, maybe both of them had been, uh, you know, poly for years and years before meeting they come together and they're like, you know, we're just going to do six months or a year of us, figure us out, get, get, get our feet under us. And then, and then let's, let's go back there. And I think, I think that's a totally valid approach to it. And, and I think you touched on it and said like the things that you feel are needed to do that. And I'm curious if, if you can talk a little bit about like, what, what are some of those like core foundational like tenants that you are hoping to like establish before really Breaking out into this, mm-hmm. if if at all,
0: yeah, definitely. The obvious ones are trust and communication. Mm-hmm. Those are essential, and if they're not there, then practicing this lifestyle is not going to be an enjoyable experience <laughs> for mm-hmm. anybody involved. Um, and so there have been some happenings, I'll call them, where my trust has been wavered. I'm trying to choose Mm -hmm. my words very carefully here. So thank Mm -hmm. you for your patience as I navigate this, Um, where the whole truth wasn't told or, um, you know, leading up to being with me, he was open and poly and didn't have agreements or boundaries or, uh, things set, so he had a completely different style of approaching it, and this is something that is new to me, and that I need the the safety, the agreements, the boundaries to move forward right now, and that could change yeah. in the future. I'm open to that changing, and so he also has a history with an ex who was very controlling and manipulative. And so he's learning to trust me and be open with me, to be able to be open with me and to share things, um, knowing that I'm not someone from his past at the same time that I'm learning to trust him and receive the things that he's sharing with me. And we are navigating how to communicate our truth to each other in a way that we equally understand and appreciate and validate at the same time. If that makes sense.
2: (laughs) It it makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You've got history and I don't know why the the word cookies just came to mind. Like your, your internet history hasn't been (laughs) deleted. Yeah. So you, you, you have some hangovers from the previous relationships and I think that's totally, totally get it.
1: Yeah. 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 I wanted to just touch on the COVID piece since you brought that up, because it's, if I do the math correctly, like you you two started dating like around the same time that kind of COVID started Mm -hmm. and about, and how did you two navigate that? And like, what impacts do you feel like that had on your relationship? Because like you said, a minute ago, it could, a lot of couples either, you know, Uh, thrived or did not (laughs) during, during that time.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, so he's a teacher and so he worked from home and then was off that summer, that first summer and I'm a coach. And so I work from home too and make my own hours. And so we spent a lot of time together and it was almost as if the honeymoon phase was extended. It like lasted for a very, very long time. Lots of, (laughs) lots of sex, lots of, you know, creative dates and getting to know each other on deep levels, lots of games, you know, um, it, it was an opportunity for us to see each other so deeply in a way that I don't think I've ever had that in in any relationship before. And we consciously decided to go all in given the circumstances of the world because we would know at the end of it, whenever the end was, if we would want to be together or not.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was the ultimate test at the very beginning of your relationship. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do you feel like it helped – like lay the groundwork for figuring out some of these things that like you need in your relationship to open it up like you mentioned too, you know, the trust and the 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 communication in your relationship.
0: Um yes and Yes and no. I feel hesitancy in giving like the experience of COVID too much power over the health of my relationship. Like I'd rather give the power and credit to myself and to him and to our own individual experiences that brought us together and our ability to uh, meet each other and navigate things in our own individual ways. And so um, I think it helped because it provided space and time in that regard. But ultimately yeah. it's, it's up to each person who's in a relationship to show up.
1: Yeah, no, I love that. Thank you for, for adding that piece too, because I think it's, yeah, it is. It's up to the, each of you and, and how you navigate. Um, yeah. The, how do you, how you build that relationship.
2: Yeah. As you as you look to move forward together in it sounds like, you know, the idea or the the general direction is like working towards opening up in some capacity. Maybe like what as you see it now, like what is your sort of like vision of a, a dynamic that would sort of really fulfill you? And like what scares you about getting there? And what what are you excited about if you do get there?
0: Mm-hmm. I might need you to repeat some of those questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: that was yeah. a lot. Do you want me to? You want me to add a few more questions on top of there? Put a sprinkle on yeah, top. Just
0: all the questions okay. you have, just yep. lay them all out right now.
2: There we go, and then I'm going to sit back and listen. Yeah.
0: yeah so uh, the first question was,
2: where do you? Where, like, for you, is this? As you kind of think ahead. The sweet spot, like what are you hoping to work towards in terms of like opening your relationship together?
0: Yeah, definitely. So, um, the honest answer, and I don't like using these words because it's very disempowering. And so I do not recommend it to anybody, um, (laughs) is I don't know. And Mm -hmm. that's the honest answer. And I don't like saying it. I want to know. However, I need more experiences to figure that out. And so Right now, I'm also. Are you familiar with erotic blueprints?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, so I'm a shapeshifter. So for those who are not familiar with the erotic blueprints, it's basically like the love languages of your sex life and how your sexual energy can be matched and nourished and supported to have deeper fulfillment in your sex and love life. And so shapeshifters like it all. They like all of it. They want more and more and more and more and are almost the shadow side would be not satisfied oftentimes. And so they're also open to so many things. And for me, I see that very much in myself. I'm so open to all of it that I'm like, ah, where do I go? What do I do? I want it all. Give it all to me right now. (laughs) Um, And so I'm open to us dating someone together. I'm open to us dating different people. I'm open to us having play partners. Um, I'm open to exploring swinging for a season, you know, like maybe we're to have seasons of things where we gain experiences and I'm not really sure. Um, but I'm, I'm open to it, excited about it and turned on by it and i think a good starting place which i believe was your second question (laughs) um is i'm i want to have more sexual experiences with others for introspection i want to feel myself i want to feel how i feel what emotions arise um, in a variety of scenarios. So right now we have a membership to a swingers club and we have had amazing experiences there and we've had crunchy experiences there. And that shows me like, okay, there's stuff under the the surface that's coming up and we're going to figure it out and play with it and touch it. And it's going to be great. Um, and sometimes not great, but eventually great altogether. and. So we're talking about right now having uh, a man who I know that lives across the country who I feel very safe and comfortable with. We're having conversations with him about bringing him to the East Coast so that we can do some like hot wife kind of play um, and potentially even have the two of them connect because my partner and myself are both by curious. Um, so I think that would be a lot of fun and yeah, we, we have lots of conversations about like dating our friends, if we would like that, if we wouldn't like that. So we're kind of taking baby steps towards the direction that we want to go. And for myself, I am doing my best to have fully embodied experiences during these Um, Explorations so that I Mm -hmm. can show up fully and know myself and put my best foot forward for when we decide this is absolutely the dynamic that we both desire and that we both receive fulfillment from because um, he's also a shapeshifter.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: so,
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that to me that's a good thing. That you can both both go on that journey together. Well, are,
2: are you, and you understand each other's sort of like moves and yeah, the way you do it. Yeah, yeah.
1: What are there
0: challenges or fears that you have moving forward? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That was the third question. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yes. So right now, the like myth, mistruths or withholding information that has happened in our relationship scares the shit out of me. And while I see him and understand where he is coming from it, I still am incredibly terrified that he's just going to like lie to me or cheat on me. And, um, it's going to be a shit show. (laughs) So that's definitely a fear that I have.
2: Yeah. And I think that fear that one is is so easy, right? Because that one is just so ingrained from society. Like if you yeah. were to tell just about anybody that's sort of, let's say on the outside of the non-monogamy sphere, like, well, we're thinking about opening our relationship and it's like, that's the first place they go. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so it's so, it's so driven into us. Um And then if you, even if you get like the slightest hint of reinforcement of that, right. Then it's like, well, obviously they were right. Everybody was right. Look at, mm. we can't you know? And so I, I can, I have a lot of like compassion for that. So, Mm um, yeah.
0: Well, I feel very blessed because I am a sex and relationships coach. And so I know a lot of people that practice ethical non-monogamy and Mm -hmm. know how to do it. And I, myself, I have all the wisdom and knowledge of how to do this, but (laughs) the, the integration and experience is where I am lacking. And I'm excited to, open that up more and more and more. But I have very good examples of couples and another very important step in embracing this as a lifestyle is having people who understand and that are not Mm -hmm. going to just reinforce those old beliefs. And so I feel very blessed to have that. And so I'm fortunate yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, and I love that you're you're kind of just treating this as an experiment, right? Like we're we've got a membership to a to a swingers club or to a sex club and we're gonna go. And yeah, some of the experiences are great. And then there's some that we've like had to struggle through. And I think like you don't ever want to see somebody struggle, but those those struggles, I mean, we had so many of them early on that like and we talk to people sometimes and they're like, no, we've been doing this for like three years, never once had a problem, never once had a hiccup and you're kind of like,
0: <laughs> bullshit. <right? laughs>
2: well, and, and you're also like, and maybe, maybe it's completely true, but you're like, you know, it's coming. Mm-hmm. And you're like, sometimes if you can get ahead of those and you can have the little ones for, you know, the, at the early experiences, like if you're not three years in or four years in thinking like, this is the easiest thing in the world. I don't know why all these people mm-hmm. are complaining about how this is hard. And then and then your world gets turned upside down, like that can be a way bigger adjustment than like you kind of get the reality check out the gate. Um, It's kind of nice in some ways, but yeah, Mm -hmm. then you, then you get to persevere through it and (laughs) be like, well, we now have history. We now have, we now have knowledge that this might not be perfect and we have to like experience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, It's definitely a choice that, Every person who practices ethical non-monogamy gets to make every day to, to yeah. choose that. And so I am framing all of our conversations. Anytime that I might feel um, jealousy or envy or insecurity, I look through the lens of how how would this look if we were in an open relationship? I'm, I'm just curious about my own internal landscape and I do mm-hmm. journaling and ceremonies and, you know, like I receive coaching as well. I have a coach that specializes in opening relationships. And though we are not officially open for business, um, I want that. And so I'm investing in those things that I want and I'm curious about them because I know that it's something that I want
2: so deeply. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the, I'm just thinking of like an analogy, right. And it's actually coaching as well as like, and you, and I'm glad you touched on it. Like I do relationship coaching. I have all the tools, but like, that's like, well, I'm a basketball coach and I know how to tell somebody to shoot a three pointer, but can I go out and, and shoot 20 of them and make 15 of them. Like probably not. I'm a coach. Right. And so mm-hmm. <laughs> you now get to go out and say like, I know all these things, let's see how I do them. And let's see how I can apply this and what I'm good at. Because just cause you are like, well, this is how you can deal with jealousy. Doesn't mean that like you get it right the first time. And and there's a lot to learn from the like practical application of doing these the things. actual experience.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. I- Absolutely. I agree. Integration is harder than learning the knowledge. It's the next uh, layer, you know, so it's, mm-hmm. it's surface level to read a book, but then to take mm-hmm. the wisdom and and the lessons and apply them to your life and embody them is it's a whole other ball ballgame. So yeah. totally.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You're like, well, you know, all the books, they just be super open and honest and transparent and then it doesn't happen. And you're like, well, nobody told me I was going to be scared. Like they didn't. They didn't say you might. You might be nervous about hurting your partner's feelings. Like nobody told me that part. And so, you. Yeah, you get to learn like the what really happens um, mm-hmm. when it's out there. So yeah, I love it. I was curious. You when we when I asked my seventeen part question, you you let off with you're super super excited and looking forward to this. So what is or what, what are the things that you are excited about like what has got you excited to to go into this with Mm -hmm. your partner
0: Mm -hmm. oh there's so many things well number one I would say personal and emotional and sexual development so as a coach uh, I love that shit like I am all about learning and growing and expanding and understanding myself and healing and It's just, it's so good because if we're not bettering ourselves and our lives, we're not living. (laughs) So we're not fully living. And I'm I'm most excited about learning about myself and, and learning about my partner and other people and what they might have for me to discover and experience. I also am really excited about receiving love from others so my childhood was very estranged like it was very odd and very challenging i uh, trigger warning experienced a lot of trauma like i could write a book about the things i experienced as a child and so being able to receive love from more than one person in fact i have like a gangbang fantasy that i hope to enact one day uh hopefully soon because i just want to feel so loved and so adorned and mm, in in good ways and genuine authentic ways not like passing me around the room and Coming from an unhealthy or toxic place, but I'm I'm so excited to connect in genuine and authentic ways and to feel loved. Um, mm-hmm. I think we all want to feel loved and accepted, and I look forward to more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, No, that's
1: really powerful to, I guess, to acknowledge too where you're, what desires you have, where you're at. How open with with other people in your lives are you about this relationship style and journey that you and your partner are on?
0: Very open. (laughs) Very open. I I am an edge pusher. So I just like to like drop things sometimes into conversation. Like what'd you do last weekend? Went to the swingers club. And then I pause and like (laughs) (laughs) what's happening in their body. (laughs) Are they receiving this? Are they judging this? I don't know. Um, But definitely very open and people come to me and ask questions. Like I'm so open to the point, even on my social media and stuff that someone I haven't spoken to for years will text me and say, this just happened a few months ago. He's like, I'm dating a woman who's poly. What do I do? And I'm, I'm still learning myself, but because I'm so transparent about what my experience is, people feel safe to communicate with me. So very open. Mm -hmm,
2: mm -hmm. And how, how has it been received? I mean, clearly like some of your Facebook friends and friend circle, but like in terms of family and maybe existing friends that, that you had in the, we'll call it the before times and the like, how have they reacted and, and, embrace that
0: mm-hmm. most people understand it they're like totally mm-hmm. get it um being more of a, a spiritual person more of an open person um embodying the beliefs that we are all love and you know love is free and it's not owned and so most of the people in my friend circle before and after um understand these life philosophies and support it. And we have a, a pretty vanilla friend who's like, I support you, but I would never, ever, (laughs) ever, ever, but I support (laughs) the shit out of y'all, but I'm not doing it, you know? So, um, we have a pretty dynamic response to everything. Um, I did share with my father recently about this for the first time, um and his response is such a a middle-aged man response. He's just like, ugh, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> like that's not right, Serena. <laughs> um, but he follows it with like, I support you and I'm here for you, whatever you decide to do. Um, but I'm I'm very honest with my dad and I try to pull him into my life instead of like pushing him away. And I'm, I'm not afraid of the hard conversations or setting boundaries. And there once was a time where I was, but receiving support and love and acceptance is something that I've stated that I, I want more of. And so I get to embody that in all aspects of my life, including, you know, feeling that from, from my dad too. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I love what you just said of, I try my best to pull him into my life and, and because that takes vulnerability on your part because you have to be more open with your dad than, than maybe you're sometimes comfortable being, but you know, if you are, you can have the, you said, you're not afraid of the hard conversations. And I, I just, I think that that is, uh, brave and, and, and a powerful way to approach that because, you know, he has the option. If he doesn't want to have those conversations, he can step away, but you're saying, Hey, I'm okay. I'm showing up here. I'm this relationship that we have is really important to me. And I'm going to to pull you in rather than push you away. Even if it's scary and I have to be vulnerable and I have to share things that maybe you don't (laughs) want to hear.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that thought and, um, action is something that I very much apply to my relationship as well. And my friendships too, um, specifically when approaching non-monogamy. So I look at where can I pull my partner in on this, on this like message in my DMS or this interest that I might have in you know, having sex with another man or woman, you know, how can I pull him in versus pushing him away? So when we withhold or um, embody fear and let the fear take over, we're pushing away rather than than pulling in.
2: Yeah. I love it. Yeah.
1: As you, thank you for, for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you move forward, how are the two of you, I guess, or just you keeping yourself both sexually and emotionally, um, safe or taking care of, uh, moving forward in, cause that's a reaction that we often get from people is if you're going to be non-monogamous, oh my gosh, it's so dangerous. Please be careful. Uh, and so I'd
0: love to hear your thoughts on navigating that part. Mm-hmm. I have very sex coachy thoughts on this part, which, Perfect. <laughs> which are, uh, you can get tested, from your home nowadays. And that is a standard for me before engaging in sexual experiences with others. Um, It's like not even gonna be on the table unless communication has happened surrounding that. And as far as satisfaction goes, for me, I I want more love and acceptance. So that's been kind of a theme that's shown up on this recording. And so, where can I take responsibility for myself and feeling loved and accepted fully? So right now, uh, one to three times a week, depending on my schedule, I have self-pleasure practices and rituals that I do so that I can understand my body on such a deep level and feel so much love with myself so that I'm not ever coming from a place of lack or I'm not able to communicate the things that I like in the bedroom. Um, so I have that relationship with myself right now so that I don't necessarily have to struggle with not feeling satisfied. Um, but of course those situations are going to arise. And so having conversations, first of all, understanding your desires and boundaries sexually is first and then second having conversations outside of the bedroom about it is the such an important part of this too so before engaging with sex with my partner oftentimes or if we open this up to other people i would want to talk about what we like what we don't like what we want to try what we're willing to try um, before we actually get into the bed and have our clothes off and feel so vulnerable in that way, um, yeah, I hope that answers your question. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think that there's a quote we 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 did an interview quite a while back that the the people said, and I love the quote was like the time to have the hard conversations isn't when everybody's clothes are off. Yeah, and and so like lining that up, figuring out what you want, and all of that, exploring yourself, it's all all part of that conversation. So I love that. And, and you said in there, right, this is a very sex coaching answer. And I think maybe giving you an opportunity to talk about coaching, what got you into coaching about, you said four or five years ago, and then what is like the trajectory of that coaching journey been? Like, what is your training look like? And how do you now work with people at this point?
0: Mm hmm so i have a history of being a hairstylist so i owned my own hair studio i practiced hair for over 15 years uh which is a pretty long time um and people <laughs> were telling me all the things about their sex and love life already because that's what you do with your hairstylist um so I was coaching behind the chair before I really knew that I was coaching behind the chair. And I evolved into a holistic hairstylist. And so when people would come to me, it wasn't just Sit down. Let me cut your hair. It was how are you? Let's have a conversation. Let's, you know, cut off and release whatever is there and no longer serving you. And um, it was very ritualistic. It was a, a holistic experience, like I said. And so um, I turned thirty, and at that point realized I've never been out of the country. I've been living on my own since I was seventeen. I, I want to live my life. And so I took a sabbatical, took a few months off. I purchased my first life coach and I purchased three retreats all in one time, like blew through savings money. I'm like, I'm doing this. Woo. 30. Here we go. (laughs) Um, and just went super hard into spiritual and personal development. It's always something that interested me. I've been communicating with spirit since a very young age, and I've been practicing cards since I was sixteen um and my mom has mental challenges and so when I was sixteen, I decided i I don't wanna I don't want to have the same challenges and so I started studying psychology and integrating the things that I was reading into my life. And so this journey has been one that I've been on since I was a teenager. Um, so I have this pretty strong background and foundation of personal development. Mm -hmm. Um, and then after I did the retreats and had my first life coaching experience, I took some time to integrate and to be with myself. I went back to work and then I did it again. (laughs) I took a sabbatical again. I went to festivals, workshops, took courses. I was just like a sponge, like who's the best of the best that I can learn from. Um, so I studied under Frank J. Preston Smiles, just to name like a couple of people. Um, and then on the very first retreat that I went to, I met Jordan Bowditch, who is my boss now, and he's married to Alexa Bowditch, who is that sex chick. Um, and so I took one of her programs about becoming a sex coach and in that program, there's an entire trimester on business and marketing, which was the real reason that I signed up for that program, because I, wa- I saw her from start to finish, like grow her business. And I loved how she showed up online. She's vulnerable, authentic. I'm like, this is my shit. I want to learn it all. I didn't purchase this program thinking I'm going to be a sex coach. I purchased it thinking I want to learn that. And that is a part of this program. And so here we are. And at the time that I did this program, I was opening up a lot of things in my sex life and trying, you know, different kink dynamics and um, experiencing deep healing for the trauma that I mentioned before um in that play space. And so a lot of things aligned at that time in my life. And I saw the power and connection that our sex life has on every other part of our lives. And so um we also at the end of our life, <laughs> our relationships are what matters. Our our relationships with others, our love for others. It's not what we have. And and so getting the opportunity to help people focus on deepening their intimacy with themselves in sex, feeling pleasure deeply and connecting to others in ways that they maybe didn't even know was possible was just like a no brainer. I'm like, yeah, this is, this is what I'm doing now. We're here. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's amazing. And where can people find you now and what can they expect when working with you? so on instagram i'm spiritual sex coach that's the best place to find me i'm pretty inner engaged and interactive with people in my dms um i send voice notes it's like very personal like i love people <laughs> like this is this is why we're here and so um absolutely reach out to me on there i'd love to hear from anyone who connects with me or has more questions um also I work with sex and love co. So you can visit our website, sexandlove.co. And there's a ton of resources on there. Um, if you're interested in what sex and love coaching looks like, there's so much information there. And working with me is something that if, if you know that you're ready, then you know. And if you're no. questioning it, then you're probably not ready yet. And that's okay. And there's resources for you to help you get there. <laughs>
2: yeah, I love it. And can you still get an awesome haircut along with your coaching? Because I was actually, as you were saying that, I was like, you know, that's a pretty genius angle, like come in for an hour of coaching and leave with an amazing new haircut. Like, mm-hmm. I love that.
0: I no longer practice doing hair. Um There was a crunchy period where I had one foot in the door and one foot out of the door, and my clients were like, "I don't know what you're doing," and I was like, "I don't know what I'm doing either." But (laughs) um, I I slowly scaled back on doing hair. So for about a year, I performed only ceremonies with my haircuts. They were called ceremonial haircuts and ceremonial color services, and so people would come in and they. I did that for about a year, and I I raised the prices, and it was beautiful and amazing, and I got to connect with some people in a really deep way. Um, but it's not sustainable. It takes a lot of time, a lot of energy, and is is something that I could offer here and there, but I don't I don't think I want to because what yeah. I'm what I'm doing is pretty effective right now, so.
2: Fair enough. I just thought it was an interesting angle that I'd never heard of. And I've been (laughs) like, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Like you're sitting there, you're just waiting for your hair to be cut. You might as well get some coaching along the way. So I I love it. Well, thank you for sharing everything with us today, Serena, and for coming on and for the work you do. Uh, We appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's always fun to do podcast interviews and to see what surfaces. And it was an absolute blast getting to know the both of you and being here. So thank you.
2: Of course. Well, have a wonderful day. And again, thank you. And we'll talk soon.
1: Thank you again. Yeah. Bye. And we're back. A huge thank you to Serena for coming on the show, for sharing your story, and for the amazing work that you do. If you're out there and wanting to learn more, go follow the links in the show notes to her work.
2: Yes. And that website is normalizingonmonogamy.com. Yes. Click on the podcast tab.
1: Yes. And everything is right there.
2: Yeah. And one more thing
1: quick reminders.
2: Quick reminders. Back in the intro, way back, you know, a few minutes ago. <laughs> an hour ago (laughs) for you for us it was literally two minutes ago yeah (laughs) we were telling you all about the t-shirts and we just wanted to reiterate those shirts are going to be available for everybody to buy for about two weeks starting next wednesday but again if you're on our mailing list you're going to learn about that this coming friday on july 1st or if you're in our patreon community you'll also learn about it on july 1st and you'll be the first to be able to order see the design and love the design as much as we do
1: yes so With that, go sign up for our Patreon or for our mailing list at our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com.
2: And really quick, before we let you go, we did want to do a quick plug for our favorite affiliate partner. Using the links in the show notes uh, at normalizingnonmonogamy.com under the resources tab helps support the show financially. And we are eternally grateful to all of you who use those links every day. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Our favorite affiliate is stdcheck.com. It is the service that Emma and I use to get tested for STIs regularly. It is fast. It is affordable. It is super easy. Head over again to our website. Click on the links. You save $10, and that brings the cost of a 10-panel test down to about $130, and again, supports the show financially. So that is all we have to say on that. We give you all the details on that every week, but it was just a quick reminder. Next week, we have another fantastic interview.
1: With Tim and Melissa.
2: It is super fun because... Wow, we can't tell you why. No, they'll have to come back and see. We'll see you next week and have a fantastic 4th of July weekend if you are in the U.S. And if you are not, it is still the 4th of July. You just won't be celebrating
1: as much. True. Okay. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.